understand that like the result is going to come like you you like searching for the quick fix or you know like you know getting acquiring something at 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 such a high speed and then like not really understanding the process and and really like looking at what you're doing and appreciating uh the process is gonna is gonna do more harm than good I have a way to start this up and and I've been thinking about this a lot because we've been interviewing more people and we always ask this personality question and me and you did it on the very first episode. We talked about who do we'd want to sit at dinner or dinner table with, but as time goes on, like the more people we talk to, the more I learn, the more I study, the more I'm going through this coaching stuff, the more I just like think differently. And the more I've been researching and like beforehand, dude, all I listened to was fitness podcasts, mm -hmm. fitness and nutrition. And now I've been listening to more business and entrepreneurship podcasts than anything. And I'm starting to like change my answer. So I'm curious, you guys are on a plane to Japan. You got two seats. Who sits next to you? Live or dead? Can't be family. Can't be fan, friends or family. And the, and, the, and the reason I thought of this is because we always talk about Gary Vaynerchuk and we were just talking right, about him. Right. Gary wouldn't be on my plane because he puts everything out there. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah. in, which is dope, and that's why it makes him such a great mentor and entrepreneur and all that stuff. But I can find everything from him online. I mean... Not everything, but you know what I mean? I'd want to sit next to somebody that I have no idea what the fuck they would say. Right. I would, one of them would be Genghis Khan. <laughs> Seriously. Like, no, <laughs> like if you do this, if you think about it, the dude has, he's conquered more land than anybody on the planet dude. earth. He still, his DNA. I was going to say, it's like 26.8% like of the world yeah. is related to Genghis Khan. Like, I just, I would, so I would want to ask him, I would want to ask him, like, dude, like, why are you doing all this? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, like, is, what is the goal? Yeah. And like, I, I think that he, he created a democracy or something like that, or, or, or something, something along those lines. Don't, don't quote me on that, but he, he created something that's still being, that's well, still in effect today. And a lot of people like view him as like an evil figure because yeah. essentially he conquered, killed and raped villages across the world. Like it was pretty fucked up. Yeah. But at the same time, like I've actually read a couple books that talk about his leadership skills because he was able to build such a massive army that overtook even bigger armies and empires, right? right? His empire overthrown so many that were bigger than him because of his leadership skills. And he yeah. was able to create this, whatever you want to call it, to get people to follow him. So, so I would just, yeah, I would just be like, man, like why, like why, like what's your why? You know, I would literally just start with that question yeah. and then just go from there. Um, that's a good one. And Alan Watts, probably. Who's that? So he's like this like this old like British philosopher. I think he's dead now. But um like I just listen to a lot of his shit. If you're familiar with like Jesse Elder, I'm pretty sure like he listens to a lot of his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um like just very like philosophical and okay. um yeah. So probably be it would probably be those two, like as of right now in this point in time. Michael? Carrie Underwood, Dixie nah. Chicks. You can only pick two. <laughs> if there's any more than two, <laughs> can't be friends or family. So, uh, 
Uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I've, I haven't, I've never thought about it. I know you guys always ask people that. Yeah. And I've never thought of it. It's you know, harder when you're put on the spot. Well, uh, yeah. Because even for me, now that I'm thinking, I'm like, fuck. Well, really, that's well, just been like his question. Like that just kind of was just something that like we yeah. kind of like ran with. But like, honestly, I haven't thought about it either. And you mentioned like, you know so much about these people already. So everyone I could think of, I'm like, well, I already know a yeah. lot about them. Mm-hmm. So would I want to talk to them? What would I even ask them? So... I feel like everybody that's alive, I feel like for me, it would just have to be dead because everybody who's alive, right. like social media is just like, you I'm know, not, like you have everything in the palm of your hand, you know, well, I can't, it, I yeah. couldn't, I think like one for me would probably be somebody dead and, and I couldn't pick. There's so many great leaders over time that, that have like, like Luca was telling me about this guy that was in, um, the Roman empire and he read this book about him and he fucking, he was a farmer and they called him oh, to yeah, be yeah. Caesar and yeah. he like reclaimed the throne, like defeated an army. And then he like put the throne away cause he was like, I just want to be a farmer. And then the empire went to shit. They called him back. He came back overruled, brought the city to a rise. And then he left again to be a farmer. Like somebody like that would probably be in there. But one I know for sure would be Rob Deerdeck without a doubt in my mind. That guy is the dude. He's, yeah, he's so dude. He's so fucking successful. And I've been listening. I've been finding interviews of him. Dude, he does so much more. So he's creating this thing right now where his goal is to help create 50 to 100 businesses before he dies. So he has people that apply with a business plan. He invests, gets into the creative side of it, creates a structure and an idea and makes shit happen and then just leaves. Because all he's like, he's like, I just love creating. And like listening to his brain think, bro, is just like insane. And if you yeah. look at like what he's done as a skateboarder, mm-hmm. <laughs> nuts yeah bro he had uh he had he designed 30 models uh of dc shoes by the time he was 24 and he was making millions of dollars in affiliate money because he only gets like five to ten percent of the money made on that shoe but he would design them so he overthrew all the designers in dc Mm -hmm. who are making 60 grand a year and he was 24 year old pro skater taking over that and just fucking destroying it crazy Mm -hmm. Cause this whole thing is like, he's like, I just see something and then I just dive all the way fucking in. I'm, I'm, but I'm, it was interesting. He did one with his cousin, right? And you put me onto this podcast to where he only did, like they would only give him like a two year deal. Right. Yeah. And then they wanted to offer him a bigger deal he and no. he said, no, I'll do two years. And like, he just maximizes yeah. money in that time yeah. because he's like, man, like at the end of this, I want to, right? Like, I just want to repeat history and say, like, hey, like, we're going to renegotiate this, yeah. this contract because I'm going to show you that I'm going to crush it. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be locked. More. Yeah. I don't want to be locked into something for 10 years. It's crazy. So, like, he's strictly, like, performance-based. And I, I, I agree. Yeah. Like, I, 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 like, admire him for that yeah. so much. And what he's done with the shows and everything. Yeah. So, like, actually, this is funny. So, I was listening to this interview with him and he was talking about all these different things. And so, he got ordained as a, uh, as a, minister minister to Mary right so there's this episode where he like helps marry his sister and brother the story behind that is fucking hilarious so he his sister and his brother-in-law right so (laughs) what did I say his sister and brother yeah (laughs) just probably make that clear (laughs) not doing some sketchy (laughs) so (laughs) so he uh so everywhere he went so he was talking about during like Robin Big and then into Fantasy Factory he would like he would do events off camera, right? He would do like stunts or birthdays or whatever it is. And he said, no matter where he went, there was a deaf couple that followed him around everywhere that were like his super fans. And he was like, it was kind of weird. They like pretty much stalked me. But 
he was like, they're super cute, like deaf couple that just were like ultra ultimate fans. And they did this for years. Right. And one day he, they were there, but the, the wife was missing. So, or the, the girl was missing. They weren't married. So it was just the deaf guy. And he approached Rob and said that he wanted Rob to get ordained and marry them. And he wanted him to help. So Rob created an episode for fantasy factory where he got ordained. Then he brought them into the fantasy factory. He flew her down on like a zip line to the marriage thing. Like it was this whole big scene. The deaf guy asked her to marry him and she says, no on camera. And then then she says, I'll marry Rob. Mind you, she's deaf. So she's like signing this and everything. Yeah. And Rob's just like, Oh shit. (laughs) So he was like, so we, we canceled this, the episode, we didn't air it. But I just wanted to do this episode so bad. I wrote this structure for me marrying somebody. So I called my mom and I asked her if uh, Denise, his sister, is planning on getting married to this guy. And my mom says yes. And they've only been together for less than two years at this time. She says yes, but they were just going to go to the court and get things taken care of. So right. he was like, fuck that. I'll pay for everything. I want them. Let me do it if they're going to get married. So he calls them on speaker and says this. Hey, I want it. Like, I know you guys are going to get married. Like, I want to do it for you. Let me hear down. I'll pay for everything. And it gets hella awkward and they've never even spoke about marriage and they've been dating for less than two years. So his mom lied. Wow. So now he's like all awkward. So he calls the guy separately and goes, Hey, like, I'm sorry, man. I did not know my mom told me this, but I had this great idea for an episode. (laughs) I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars and pay for the wedding. If you let me marry you guys. And the guy says, yes. (laughs) So he asks his sister to marry him. Brings him out there and and puts on this huge fucking wedding for him and pays him a hundred thousand dollars to do the episode. Dude, that's insane. So then he was like, I kind of felt bad that I was mixing the two. Right. But then it like created this big thing where they had all this extra money. Then uh, they ended up having a kid within the first year. They're super happy. And he was like, and I was so happy for the experience that I actually ended up just buying him a house uh, late uh, later that year. He bought him a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house and in Ohio. That's like yeah. It's like shit. five bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. So he buys him this fucking mansion to have, like raise his kid and stuff. And he's like, just because. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this guy is crazy. First, you pay your future brother-in-law to marry your sister a hundred times. And then I was like, man, that just makes me want to get like really successful, so I could just like buy my mom a car or something crazy. You know what I mean? Like that feeling is probably so cool for him. But I thought that story was hilarious, bro. So who's the other person? Rob Deerdeck. <laughs> That's tough, man. You were so quick with Rob Deerdeck too, and now it's like, yeah, you were thinking about that for like the last two weeks. I just, I like, I, 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 I <laughs> just think about anybody else. I just like, you no, know, it's funny because like I was, uh, I, I've always followed everything he does, and I've just, I've been listening to a lot of interviews with him lately, and then I was listening to the Kaiser episode, and I heard that question, and then I thought, like, man, who the fuck am I? Would I sit by? right? And then I was like, and Rob Deerdeck came to mind right away. You know what's funny is I think the other person would be. Um, someone like J.R. Tolkien or whoever wrote the Harry Potter books. Something. J.R. Uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Who's J.R. Tolkien? I have no idea. Who Lord of the is. Rings. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think The Hobbit too. Or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's yeah. started dying? I never even heard of it. Who's, huh? Is Tolkien the one for Harry Potter? No, no it's a lady. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Oh, that's for Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but one of them, someone like that, because like being a writer and stuff, that actually helped me more than anything was reading fiction. And just hearing the creative side of how they were be able to create something like that. And then, I mean, essentially, they're, they they got to be just banking so tough off that series, right. right? So being able to create something that that can last forever. You know what I mean? Because that story will never go away. 
Because Rob Dyrdek's going to cover the business side of everything, so it would be cool to hear that. And I think that would be a good conversation because Rob's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, you got Rob Dyrdek and then J.K. Rowling and then <laughs> and then Cody in the middle. Crazy. Yeah. But also, you know what? Like I was thinking about too. So like, uh, have you ever heard of Christian Guzman? Yeah. So like, I've always looked at his YouTube, and I'm just like, man, like, why are these guys so famous? But Drama did a podcast and interviewed him. Mad respect for that guy now because he's 24 years old and he's literally banking in millions because he documented his fitness career, started coaching, just followed his passion, then cre uh, created his own Guzman shirts and they were cool. So they started selling and then he started Alpha Lee and like, dude, he has this like just huge foundation of everything he does and it's all built off of just like following his passion. He quit school to do it. And like listening to him talk and his mindset on entrepreneurship at such a young age was just crazy. So then I was like, fuck, like somebody like that would be cool too because it's in your niche. So it's tough, man. I'd pick a four seater. <laughs> Do they make those? You'd get, you'd get a seatbelt extender. Yeah. <laughs> Rob did next time. So whose lap are you sitting on? <laughs> That's the next question. Uh, I actually, I got a question for you, both of you guys. Mm -hmm. Would you rather... Would you rather have, you know, just, you know, a, a crazy amount of money, just a fortune, right? That would last, you know, like your family for fucking eternity, right? Or would you rather have like a legacy and be, and be broke? Legacy. I mean, I think that like, because, because I look at like what I do right now, if I, did something else right now and I made twice as much money, I would fucking hate it. You know what I mean? And I'm not broke, but I mean, still like, I just like, but again, I didn't do this to chase money. So right. I think like, I think creating change in the world is just more meaningful at any, at any time. And like being able to, because like in kids, like I, I wouldn't want to have like grandkids that were spoiled little brats right, that fucking right. don't even know shit about grandpa. They just know that they're, they're set. Yeah, your name would just be forgotten. Like, yeah, yeah. They just be like, "Oh, I got all this money." Who I'd rather than be able to tell yeah. stories. You know what I mean? Right. And, and be like, "Man, he did this and changed this." And I would say legacy as well. If I could, you know, inspire anyone or change anyone any way I can, I think that is more impactful and more rewarding than knowing that I'm paying for college for the rest of uh, yeah. Hopefully that'll happen with your, with your project coming up, right? That I'm paying for my nephew's college with it? No. Oh. <laughs> that you're leaving a legacy and inspiring people. Yeah. We'll change. About that. But <laughs> I'm going to be on you about that because I want that shit to happen. <laughs> I know I'm slow going with it so far. But yeah, I'd say a legacy. And I think what would come with that would be probably something that would continue on through the family. Most most definitely. But, but like it, 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 it just, it's... And the reason I ask this is because of that 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 documentary that I'm watching on Netflix. I didn't even finish it all. I'm gonna finish it today. Um, you know that was behind. You know, like it's kind of like the big short and behind the the market crash. Um, these, you know, these CEOs who were running these banks, right? Like when they and it it was crazy because there was three major banks and they got so big, right? right that. Um, that they knew that they knew everything that was going on. They knew the market was going to crash, but they knew that the government was going to bail them out and that these right. CEOs, right. They would leave, but that they're cool. They left with like 500 million, right? right? 500 million yeah, that crazy. they got cashed out. 
and it was such an expensive bailout, but they're they're laughing all the way to cool. the bank, yeah. right? Like they knew they knew what they were doing, and uh, it, it it was they uh they interviewed this uh, uh psych psychologist or something, and and he uh he works with a lot of you know uh, of these big bankers on Wall Street, and he was kind of just talking about all these behavioral issues and stuff like that, and they were like, man, like these guys they're they're numb to it, right? Like they they all they're thinking about is all this wealth that they're going to have. Right. And it's really just like a dick measuring competition between these guys, because it's like, okay, like one guy had like, like six jets. Like, why do you need six jets? Right. Like it, it doesn't make any difference. Like why? Right. Like in, in, you know, one guy had a, a separate elevator built in the same building. So all he would literally see like his employees for like three, three to five seconds out of the day, and then go into the the elevator, go straight to the thirty first floor, go to his office, and then have that be it. And he's that, and he's running this company right yeah. without actually interacting with people. So people don't even know their their boss, right. right? So it's like, man, like you're 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 creating all this wealth for yourself, but at the end of the day, like you know, what are you known for? And then they they put these guys into an MRI machine, and they gave them uh, like activities, and it was about like acquiring money. Right. And they, they found that the same part of the brain like that was activating right during uh, during these activities is the same part of the brain that is stimulated with cocaine. Wow. So it's literally like became just like this addiction. This right? drug. Like and just yeah, just a drug for them. Like and it, it was it, well, it was their game. And it was like, man, like nothing else like we'll we'll do anything right to get money. And, like, it doesn't matter, like, we don't give a shit about legacy, like, our families, like, whatever. It was just completely selfish. And I think and that's kind of, like, goes back to just, like, all the sedation shit we talk about, right? Like, right. they do all these studies now on social media. Like, what's the significance of, upon scrolling through Instagram for so fucking long? It's literally sedation, and it triggers, like, endorphins and shit in your brain that can distract you from all this other shit or whatever. It's addicting. That shit blows my mind, man. That's wild. So, I would be interested to see, like, even just from, like, a fitness perspective right or just you know a health perspective like what goes through people's mind like when they eat mcdonald's right and it's funny like actually the other day were you there like when i like i was over by the uh uh the rowers and the assault bikes and stuff like that and then on the other side mcdonald's no no no. so somebody on the (laughs) other side of the wall had brought in i mean they were kids right they were eating that's right before i got there right and and uh you know i could smell like i couldn't see it but i could smell it and i was like somebody i was like somebody's got fucking mcdonald's right and justin started laughing because he's like you hate fast food so much i'm like yeah like you know look what it does to people right but like i'd be interested to see like you know what part of the brain is being stimulated you know, uh, you know, when they, when you do, uh, you know, self-sabotaging shit like that. Yeah. I think like, that's why I started talking about McDonald's. one of the <laughs> hardest questions that I've been asked and I was put on the spot with this in front of a bunch of guys in the coaching group, but, um, at resurrection week. And I know that like, if you ask a client this, they just go blank. Sometimes it's like, what's the significance in that? Whether it's a it's a something you're doing like a habit, or if it's like a goal you're chasing, what's the significance in that? And it's the same thing with leaving a legacy or having millions. So someone like Christian Guzman, like, what's your significance? He could probably give me a long ass answer because he didn't build a fortune trying to build a fortune, right? He built a fortune by doing chasing, what he loved, yeah, yeah, by chasing significance, and I think that's huge. And so going back to like what you just said, 
like you think that the fortune will probably come. It's just about being patient, right? Instead of having like a chase for the fortune and trying to get there right away, like just chasing your passion and significance over time, that's going to build into right. riches. You know what I mean? And like, Stay, it, like staying humble right. through the process. Well, humble hustle, man. Right. I, w- I would wonder what would happen to these these big Wall Street guys if somebody had like a gun to their family's head and say, hey, like you either choose your family, your family or you choose 500 million. Even, that, they would dip wanna, through that private elevator. <laughs> right. I don't even want to think about that. I don't I don't even think that it would even be they wouldn't even hesitate. I I, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that they would they would probably choose. the. Fortune. I think it depends like those guys. Yeah. But I think it depends like just who it is, because like, if, I mean, I'm going to use Gary just because he puts his fucking life on YouTube. But if you look at him, like he has, he built fortunes, but he walks around his building talking to every exactly. That's, but that's the difference. Yeah. yeah, like he built it off of a passion. And you know what? Like the crazy motherfucker like that, you put a gun to his head, he would be like, "Take the business, I'll recreate it." Yeah. Actually, I'm excited too. You know what right. I mean? Because he loves that right. chase. So, do you think that there's a difference between the type of people that do have that huge fortunes and the way they approach it, like the humble ones versus the greedy I, I, ones? I, I think 100%. so. Yeah. Yeah. I think money money changes people, especially when, you know, and, and again, like going back to this whole this whole documentary was like there was guys who like one one dude was making like 40, 40 grand a year or something like that. They, they were telling a story about this dude. And then he like he couldn't afford, uh, you know, to put, uh, you know, to put to put food on the table. And I can't remember exactly how much he was making, but his lifestyle was shit um, and he wasn't happy. And he ended up going to Wall Street to be a broker. Right. And ended up making millions. Right. But like and he thought he was super smart doing it. But at that time, like that's just how the the system was rigged. It was rigged for these guys to win. And it was it was based off of stealing the American people's money. Right. And then they're just laughing all the way to the bank. So, um, you know, I think that like, you know, people like that, like that. I think that those people really aren't aware to what's going on. Like, I don't think that he probably really understood you know what the situation was but there's those big people who are pulling the strings who are like you know right like it's yeah. it's it's yeah it's this it's, sounds better than the big short it is better because it it's it's not yeah it's not uh what's the word i'm looking for it's this like it's, this it's not a movie like, right like, like yeah, yeah right this, right keep, like, this Fox, it's attention. not scripted like yeah, it's literally that. people who are who are involved right, right? like right. who were involved and they they worked on wall street and they they talked to these big bankers and they were associated with them um and actually man like the most corrupted motherfuckers were working side by side with the president of the united states oh, i believe it like yeah. and it wasn't in it and it's funny like even now seeing what's going on like with with politics and people like fighting like Democrats and Republicans, like they're both fucking corrupt. Like yeah. it was like Ronald Reagan who like started this whole this whole shit, and that's where Money. everything like flipped. You know, the the entire script just flipped, and 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 what was going on into the Clinton administration, and then and then so on, and then you know obviously the crash happened in in two thousand eight. So like it's it's very interesting to see like what like what happens and like from our leader, right? Like the ultimate leader yeah. all the way down to, you know, people working in an office nine to five. Like it's, it's money, <laughs> or like how money, much man. money is paid to influence the right decisions. Yeah. That yeah. Made. Like that is, I think that's eye opening to me. To Dude, they were giving that, people though. bonuses for doing this, like right. massive <laughs> bonuses. And they were like, right. I can't turn this down. Like, yeah. and I don't even yeah. know why I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. 
Mind versus muscle. It's nuts, man. Mind versus money. <laughs> like mind versus money. I feel like that was its own episode. But it's not. <laughs> All right, what do we got today? Slow versus fast progress. Let's talk about this because uh, you were, I mean, obviously we were talking a little bit about this uh, earlier. Um, your results over the last four months, what you've what you've accomplished. And uh, I mean, actually, I think everybody here is, is obviously a, a big fan of, you know, uh, the process and, and what it takes. But um, I mean, I'll kind of let you. Yeah. Away. So the, the main thing I wanted to just go back and forth with is just understanding that you do need to trust the process. Right. I think so many people, including all of us here are guilty of it, is is we everybody looks at the end goal right away. Right. But they never focus on the process. So when our mind is constantly looking at the end result, we rush that process. And because of that, we can't sustain the process. And if you can't sustain the process, you can't sustain the result. So about four and a half months ago now, so it'll be five months once I do my photo shoot in two weeks, I decided to do a cut, right? So I went through like six months of quote unquote bulking, but really it was just like a slow gain. Um, I, I definitely put on some body fat, but that's just the process, right? So I gained a good amount of weight. I got up to 175, which is a good amount of weight for me. I was strong, PR on all my lifts, feeling heavy, feeling good. Um, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to do a photo shoot for my website, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to hire somebody. I'm just going to go through it. So I've lost two to two and a half pounds per month, which is very fucking slow. Some weeks I didn't lose anything. Some weeks I lost a pound. And then most weeks I lost like 0.25 to 0.5 pounds, which is like nothing, right? Very, very minimal. Every single week I took a progress picture. I could not see a difference week to week, right? It's very hard to see that. And, and, I, and I hear that a lot from people, right? It's hard for me to tell a difference. Um, but again, I just I had to keep remembering that I tell people to trust the process. And that's what I have to do right now. And I just have to be consistent. Today, I took my progress pictures, sent it uh, for my update. And I looked at the two from week one to today. And it's fucking crazy, Right. If you look at some symmetrically, I'm just as big, but unbelievably leaner, right? From my obliques to my back to my abs, everything, like everything is way leaner, but I could, I never noticed that week to week, even to this week. But then finally today I was like, oh, I'm going to pull up those old ones. Cause I don't have them just on my camera right. library and it's unbelievable, but it just comes from trusting the process. Now, the main point I want to get across is yes, I'm leaner. I'm more confident about my body and being up with my shirt off. I look better. I feel better. But I didn't have to diet super hard. So last week was the first week in this entire process that I didn't drink. So every week I had wine or, or usually wine because I just like I prefer wine, but beer, alcohol, whatever. I would go out and drink, not get plastered, but I would drink at least once, sometimes twice a week throughout this process. Mm -hmm. I didn't restrict myself like Shannon cooks food all the time and I just make sure that like I got enough room to eat calories and I just go ham. But like the whole point is, is, is it didn't affect my lifestyle in a negative way. Right. Now I'm here. I'm way leaner. I feel better. I finally cut out alcohol the last few weeks before the photo shoot, obviously. But my my lifts are still pretty much the same. Like if I'm feeling good and I get enough sleep, I can still bench 225 as many times as I did when I first started. Um, and my size is still here. So that and my hormones are fine. You know, I'm sleeping good. I'm not stressed. Sex drive. Everything's fine, which tells me that slowing the process down is always going to be better. Right. If I would have done this in two months, I could have still got the same leanness, but I would have lost muscle, would have lost strength would have been stressed, would have been eating way less calories than I am right now. So the health result of what I've been getting is fucking insane. I'm excited. I'm going to post a, like a before and after 
probably next week and then I'll do it again when I actually do my shoot because the last week I'll probably cut a little bit even more just because we'll dial things in super Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about that and just like the slow process of just making that happen. And we all have those results in different things, right? And and, and it goes for relationships, business, whatever. If you trust the process and, and you feed into it properly over time, like the result is always going to be better. Yeah. And I think that like, you know, there's a there's a common denominator with, with people who who really try to rush it, right? Or think like, you know, let's say you take... Uh, let's take the month trial for example right Mm -hmm. so people who want to come in for a month try it out and they like when we sit down with them and we discuss goals they're like literally i want to drop 20 pounds within this month yeah right so somebody who wants it really fast and then obviously you know we got to talk them through that um but uh you know somebody who really chases that and you know, maybe goes on a crash diet and they see, you know, like 15 pounds in the first like two weeks melt away. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, something happens and, or, and maybe they, uh, you know, maybe they cheated a little bit. Right. And then the next day that they're up like two pounds and they're fucking freaking out. Yeah. Right. And then panic mode sets in and then, you know, then they just they're not consistent they fall off the wagon they start binge eating right and and it just affects what the it it affects their mindset and then you know maybe they they overdo it as far as training or they skip days of the gym because they're ashamed of themselves and they just rather not see their coach or or go in right so there's there's all these different components but you know the point is is man like you know when you rush it like like you talked about with stress, man, it's, it's huge. And it's, it's interesting at like how fast, right? Like I guarantee that if you were to look at somebody's face, when they saw the number on, on the scale, boom, turn, like their whole expression would change their body language, the way that their mind started to click immediately cortisol levels would go up and they're stressing the fuck out. Right. And like, and then that just carries on because they don't have the process or they don't have the, uh, they don't have the strategy yeah. in order to bring themselves back to reality and say, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to slow it down, yeah. slow habits over, you know, the next three, three months or whatever it is like slow, slow the fuck down. Yeah. And I think like remembering that fat loss isn't linear, right? It's not like this straight path, like straight line down the graph of weight loss. Right. It's like a fucking big static. It's up and down, up and down slowly. Right. So if you look at my fat loss on a small scale, but over the course of five months, it is a downward path. But if you look at it week to week, it's up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And remembering that, right? Because you talk about standing on the scale and, and seeing that stress, cortisol going up. Well, guess what happens when cortisol goes up? Not only do you not burn, like you probably will hold on to weight and you won't burn, whatever. But you're going to retain water. You're going to retain a lot more because you're stressed. Your central nervous system fatigue, digestion's going to go bad. Going into protection then, mode. Yeah. yeah. And then guess what? The next day you're going to be even heavier. Yep. But it's not body fat. But what do you look at it when you're right. still, you're like, "Fuck this, yep. I'm done." Yeah. Right. So there was plenty of weeks where I would bounce up, go down. There was a point where I did a diet break because that was just that was what I needed. I needed a break from all of it. I needed to just give myself a good amount of food, and I jumped up three pounds. But I was like, "Oh, that's just part of the process." And then the next week I dropped three pounds and I was like, okay, it wasn't fat. You know what I mean? So it's like remembering that it just takes fucking time. So now what I'm excited for is I'm going to do the photo shoot. And then afterwards I pretty much have a plan to keep this level of leanness without really worrying about anything. Cause unlike the times in the past, I actually did it slowly and I, and I watched the process and I know what I got to do. Um, and I am probably going to slowly hike calories up, but I know because I didn't wreck my body, my body will handle that well. And I'm not going to gain fat. Right. So being able to, cause at the end of the day, like 
like, yes, I want to look great for this photo shoot, but my goal is to maintain my six pack long-term right, and feel good. Whereas before I had like a shredded six pack and I felt like dick, like it sucked right <laughs> now. I'm ready to keep that and build strength. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends Excuse on the my dick, choice dude, of words. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it depends on the dick. Like you could have low T or just be little, well, that, I, I mean, speaking of, dick. that's a good thing because I didn't have to sacrifice that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's something a lot of people don't want to talk about. Testosterone is, is low T <laughs> Michael. <laughs> so I didn't have to sacrifice testosterone levels. So something a lot of people don't want to talk about is sex drive. And at the end of the day, if you diet really hard, like that goes down, man. Libido yeah. is a hormone that functions through testosterone, functions through growth yeah. hormone. You got to start cortisol, taking dick pills. Dude, like not even Point like, go, weed. not only do I do, I don't want to do that, but at the this end of the day, is like to you by horny goat weed. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day though, like, suffering with that and like like go okay so like a lot of guys will come to us and they want to drop fat they want to build muscle mm -hmm. what's the deep down goal it's confidence it's energy maybe feeling better but it's it's probably getting that girl to look at them a little bit differently right or having a girl want to look at them well guess what like if you diet your ass off and you finally get that girl to look at you because you look better you're gonna be like not even noticing because your testosterone's are through the fucking floor mm -hmm. So like being able to do this for guys, at least on the, on the long path is like fucking huge for that. Yeah. And on top of that, you're not going to build muscle if your testosterone's shot yeah. or get it up, which is definitely <laughs> an issue. <laughs> so for women, same exact thing applies. It's just different hormones, right? Cortisol goes through the roof. Thyroid function is usually the first thing to drop off the face of the earth, which causes issues with their menstrual cycle, causes them to stop, uh, burning calories it causes them to have uh, appetite issues stomach problems like so many bad things that you don't want to do i mean the thyroid's like the hormone regulator of your body um but so i could i mean i can ramble off a bunch of things but let's kind of switch it up a little bit we talk about uh before we got on here um kind of taking some steps back to go forward same thing like you had issues with your back and i mm -hmm. feel like that kind of relates to this whole thing right longevity and taking the slow process because I mean, you what you were just walking and you threw out your back, Dude, right? Yeah, like I was I was walking down the street, and uh, I stepped off of a uh, I stepped off of a curb, which was like I mean probably like three or four inches, and once I took that step down, it just like locked up, and then I was just like, oh shit, and yeah. then like you know I went to I went to take another step, and it was just like no, nah. I mean it just felt like somebody somebody was just like grabbing onto like my spinal erector on my on my right side. And it just like wouldn't let go. And like the only way for me to get any relief was to put my hands on my knees and kind of just, you know, bend over. And I was just like, you know, breathe. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Right. And uh, it wasn't like any specific. It was just over time. Right. Like well, that, that's that why this I happened. Bring that and, up. Like part of everything I've been saying is recovery. Right. right? So. I've experienced a lot of clients and this is part of like the long process is going to be like, OK, the smartest thing for you to do is train three to four days a week, do some low intensity cardio, do some high intensity cardio, take a full day of rest. Don't do two days, get your sleep. Um, if you can't, if you have to train less, so you get more sleep, that's okay. But a lot of people just, they fucking argue and don't want to do that because they want the results so mm -hmm. quick that they train like a madman. And, and I did the same thing, but I'm pretty damn sure that's what led to you getting shitty. Yeah. 
results yeah. in getting a fucked up back is because yeah. you were training probably seven days a week, probably weren't sleeping enough, weren't recovering enough. You were just hitting it super hard. And the, and, and here's the bigger issue. You were getting jacked. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, man, oh, I'm not stopping. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm run down right stopping. now, man. I'm yeah. feeling fatigued, but fuck, yeah. look it. Yeah. I'm big. Like, yeah. fuck it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep eating. Fuck sleep. Right. Dude. Like you just grind. And then all of a sudden like that. Yeah. No more. And Power then, lifts. And like every, happened? yeah. You can't even fucking train. Yeah. So yeah. all that progress you made goes through the roof. So yep. instead of taking three months to go balls to the wall and then fucking yourself up. Why not take six months to slowly get there? Mm -hmm. Because you'll still get there, but you can sustain it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a painful, it was a painful road. And and the thing is, is like, it didn't need to happen. And that's why I was like, kind of just kicking myself in the head. Like, you know, like I, I, I remember when I first started training with, with you, we've been like, you know, my, my mobility sucked then. Right. And like, once I found that out, and became aware of it. Then I started like, how long was I warming up before? Like I would start my training sessions. You know what I mean? Like I'd be like going at it like nonstop for like 15, 20 minutes. And not that it needed to be that long. And and when I look back, it probably should have been, you know, 10 to 10 minutes, 15 minutes max. Um, But I was just like, man, like I I need to improve my range of motion. I was only training three days a week. Um, And then I was doing stuff outside of the gym, like sprints and stuff like that. But um, like my mobility significantly increased my results, like went just like through the roof as far as me putting on muscle. Um, it was, it was insane. And then it was like, once I, you know, started working and I was in the gym every single day, it was like, man, like, and, and obviously I didn't have that many clients. So when I was there, I was like either studying or I was just, you know, I was just training. Yeah. Right. And it was fuck man. Like, you know, Luca, like we would all train till, you know, 12 o'clock and then, like, you know, we'd start at, like, nine, three-hour training sessions. You know, I'm squatting, I'm benching, I'm deadlifting, like, every single day. Like, just crazy workouts. And But, like, and my body adapted to it. But it, it, it adapted what I thought was in a positive way at that time because I still kept on, you know, putting on muscle. I was eating, like, four, 4,500 calories a day, like, right. no problem. And, uh, and then it just took for me to get hurt. Like, and and the thing is, is like, I noticed that like I had these little things pop up that should have been warning signs, um, and red flags, but like, I just ignored it because I was like, oh, like I'm lifting weights. Like I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hurt every once in a while. Yeah, That's part of it. And I just, yeah, I just ignored it. And, uh, you know, there was, there was days where, you know, I just deadlifted a shit ton. Like I'd go like, uh, you know, my one rep max at the time was like 525 and I'd go like 505 for like. You know, I do like eight sets of like single reps, you know what I mean? And then you're you know, just at like, the gym for like exa- three fucking hours, yeah, exactly. which is not good. <laughs> which actually do like this actually is kind of a funny story, but like, and I don't recommend anybody do this, but like we did this 90 minute kind of, it was supposed to be like a, uh, a challenge, but it was a, it was 200 reps at how many, how fast could we get done? Uh, you know, a two twenty five uh bench press. How fast could we get two hundred or uh two hundred reps in? It took us ninety fucking minutes, right? And like Luke ended up like tearing his or straining his pec, and like, but like, dude, like I was just so used to moving like that, like yeah. just training like that. It was like no problem for me. So, and this is like a huge realization I've been having lately, and I've I've been trying to really like preach to my clients too. Is like training is not a job or a fucking sport, right? right? Just like CrossFit. Like I hate to shit on you, but 
these motherfuckers coming in your gym are not competing, right? Like CrossFit is great if you can if you can teach it properly and do the right things for the right people. But at the end of the day, you're not in in, in the NFL. Like if somebody in the NFL tears a hamstring, that's part of the fucking game. And that's part of why they're getting paid millions to compete at a high level. Guess what? When you go to the gym, you're not getting paid billions to do a 90 mm-hmm. minute bench press competition and fuck yourself up. Right. right. So it's just like, but at the same time, like, but that's why we do what we do. We learn these shit from <laughs> experience. Doing, yeah. Doing just doing yeah, like it. And it was kind of like what Jordan said, like when we had him on the podcast, right? Like everybody has a stupid face, like, yeah, you know, 100%. and, and that was kind of like my stupid phase. And then going into the re the rehabilitation of, you know, getting back to 100% and, and training, uh, in a smart way, which was extremely hard, man. Like it's very hard for somebody who who moves at at such a fast speed or or or, or at a constant rate or doing what bit. you're used to doing to slow down a little bit. So, you know, like I was going up to doctors of physical therapy, you know, uh, like two or three times a week, and they'd just be like, "Yeah, man, like I mean, you know what to do. Like, are you doing it?" And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, like I know that I did heavy farmers walks like yesterday, like." And that's why I'm in here now because my shit is bugging me, but like, I felt good that day. So, you know, it was, it was just little things like that. And then that's really how I dove into the whole mobility thing. I did, you know, uh, uh, seminar with, uh, John Wolf when, you know, he came and did, uh, uh, stuff at, at Vigor and, you know, I've done a couple things with him. Um, and then going into, you know, Max Shank and Dean Somerset and Tony Gent LaCour and like doing, uh, seminars and continuing education with them. And they focused a lot on mobility and how to perform, let your body perform in its favor. And that's when it was just like, man, like all these aha moments and things started to click. And like, I just really just started implementing that on a consistent basis, even just at home and not at the gym, like in immediate, like, you know, I was waking up and like, I was not having back pain in the morning was like everything to me. So, and that's what like, it's all about finding that balance and being in the middle ground. The same thing goes with nutrition. Like you shouldn't be in one camp. So just because like we're saying like you shouldn't go balls to the wall and you should be doing mobility does not mean that you should be lifting like a pussy and only doing stretching and mobility. It means that you need to do the prehab and then you should lift heavy because all those guys can deadlift a Mm -hmm. shit ton of weight because they take care of their body. Right. Right. So I think that's, that's huge. And sometimes it takes lifting just, just lifting really heavy for a long time to break yourself down to realize that. But if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't been broken down yet, like take this advice as a way to save yourself the time, the agony, the, the, the weeks out of the gym of being hurt and shit like that to just stop, realize that you need to do the, the right thing so your body can handle that stuff. Yeah. And then when your body can't handle it, you should be going balls to the wall at the right times because there's still a lot of people at the same token. There's a lot of people that, that don't train hard enough that are, are kind of letting themselves like not go hard enough and not put themselves to push themselves to the limit to get the result. Cause I, I know a lot of people that I see that are struggling to get results. And I'm like, honestly, you just don't get after it. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that, I think having grit in the gym is, is something that's very important too. But if you only have grit, you're just going to end up injured. No doubt. And now, like, I mean, like I'm feeling better than ever. And, uh, and, and now, you know, I'm training for like a powerlifting event that, that we're going to put on, uh, at Vigor, it's going to be a charity event. So you talked to them um, about that. Yeah. So I, I even start got a, I even got a date for I got a date for it yep. and everything. Um, it's going to be uh, in July, like late July. And be like uh, my birthday. Shit. Yeah, close. Um, so 
I'm training for that now. Like I started this this last week. Luca wrote me a program, um, and like I can already tell, like my body just within this week has reacted so well to it. Right. Um, and I've I've done the mobility protocols that I know that I need to accomplish for that yeah. day. Um, every day really. Um, but in order for me to to stay healthy, because anytime that you lift, um, you know, with you know squat, bench, deadlift, and and you're working to a certain effort. Um, and you're doing it multiple days a week, like you have to make sure right. that, that your mobility is on point. Um, so just focusing on that, like my body feels good and I can just tell, but like, you know, this is perfect because I'm starting now and this is what I was so just about to, six months away. Yeah, I was just counting on my fingers. Away. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I was about to say. So talking about like sustainability and longevity is like, okay, like your goal is six months away now your goal isn't to compete and then be all fucked up from right. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that's why you have to do the preparation. Yeah. And I think six months is like a minimum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, so, so getting back to the importance of sustainability and setting up for the long term versus the short term, do you have any like key like facts or points or like just like big th crucial things you want to get to the audience as far as well, like why it's important for fat loss or, or whatever your goal is well i think that i mean you can I'm, I'm a big believer that like how you do something is how you do everything so think about any time that you ever prepared for something whether it's a school project or um a presentation at work or just doing like mobility or like a you know, a, a, an efficient warm up before you start your training session, everything feels better, right? Mm -hmm. Like you feel more relaxed, you feel more confident going into uh, whatever that is. So preparation is like, it, it's, it's, it's key to everything. Like it's, it's, it's been proven throughout your entire life. Yeah. So prepare for what you got to do and understand that like the result is going to come like you, you like searching for the quick fix or, you know, like, you know, getting acquiring something at, at at such a high speed and then like not really understanding the process and, and really like looking at what you're doing and appreciating uh, the process is going to is going to do more harm than good. And it, it, the toll that it has on your mindset. And, and I'm speaking from from personal experience, because after I got hurt, it fucked with my head so much that, you know, I was like, OK, well, man, like I can't, I can't do this. Like I really have to focus on mobility and like, you know, goblet squats, you know, bug me to, uh, uh, to a certain extent, which is a significantly less low that I was, than I was used to. So then I just really started going to, uh, mobility and then going to like the bike and stuff like that. And that became a habit. And I, I really didn't like where I was at. And then that took a toll on my own, uh, personal performance and training. And, and right. um, so really just, again, like looking kind of just taking like the, the 30,000 foot view and yeah. really looking at the bigger picture and saying, okay, like what's important to me and how I'm, how am I going to accomplish that? Because if it's, if your goal can be done and, and let's say you do have a goal that is going to be within the next month, it's probably not significant enough. Right. right? Like, so set goals that are going to challenge you and really force you to strategize for, uh, the longer term. And that's going to be sustainable, um, and, and significant to your lifestyle. So I think like I'll take the, the same struggle, but from a different perspective, just because I'm looking at it from more of a body composition. Mm -hmm. When I got cut up and then gained a bunch of weight, like the effect that that had on me mentally, just like your strength loss. Right. So for me, mentally, that was a big shot in my confidence and my energy and my 
doubt in myself and like all that shit. And, and then like the, the thought comes in your head is like, fuck, I can't be lean. Like I'm not supposed to be right. right. And I think a lot of people face that as far as, is going up through ups and downs of like being lean and overweight going back and forth. And as soon as it, in my, and this is just advice. Like as soon as I, I decided to take the slow route, it, everything worked out better. Even when I was on the gaining phase, when I decided instead of being like, okay, I'm just going to like bump my calories up super heavy and just gain as much as I can quickly. When I took six months instead of three, I gained more strength, more muscle and less fat. Same exact thing. It took longer and growing muscle is a slow process. So talk about being impatient. That shit sucks. But everything resulted to better. I felt better. I felt healthier. I felt more confident. I felt stronger, uh, more satisfied with every result. And I know that I can sustain it for longer. So my advice is just to keep doing that. So you don't play these mental games with yourself. Um, and just setting yourself up for, for the long run. It's always going to work out better. Um, I know I'm happy I did. And I know everybody that I've worked with that has trusted me on that is always better off. doing So, and I think that's just, that's my biggest point. I agree. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.